This episode of Black Equity Podcast is brought to you by Sip and Share Wines. Head over to SipAndShareWines.com to learn more. Black Equity listeners, another great episode of Black Equity Podcast. I tried to tell you yesterday on the previous episode that we were going to start shifting into uh, the future and bringing the future right to our present. I tried to tell you this. And now literally the last episode is one of the fastest listened to episodes of all time. And I can only anticipate that this episode will be uh, surpassing that. We continue our conversation with John Wally. We continue our conversation talking about how real estate is impacting the world. And so without further ado, we have to jump right back into the conversation and look into the black equity of real estate uh, and making sure that we're looking at it in an innovative way. If it's not innovative, what's the point? So let's jump back into this episode, uh, into this conversation on this episode and uh, enjoy this conversation. I'll see you at the end of the show. Well, hopefully investors Uh, like you and I, we get in front of this thing and we try to steer the ship as much as we can. Uh, one thing I am interested in, you know, you were saying about entering into international markets is what does that look like? Like, I'm not sure if you've been to Dubai, if you've been to Hong Kong, but as you're trying to get into these international markets, what's the difference of working there as opposed to working here in the States? Uh, so I'm, so I, I've, I've kind of, mm-hmm. uh, apologies, I've been to, uh, uh, Hong Kong, maybe okay. about a year ago, uh, to meet with investors strictly um, on projects there. The difference I would say is, hmm. so I, I, part of me would love to say that racism doesn't exist outside of the United States, but I don't think that's true. I, I think to a degree, if you're smart and persistent and you just keep poking for holes, eventually you find the end. And then if you can afford it, and if they or the other party is willing to pay for you to come out of there, if you can get in the room at that point, you uh, if you have a good enough mouthpiece and a good enough brain, you can get uh, deals closed or at least things moving. Um, but I'll say the biggest difference is probably the race item. And I, I really hate to say, I, I mean, 2019, I would like to say that race is not as much of an issue. But uh, I think the I think the glass ceilings or having to prove that you know something or that you can do something doesn't exist as much um, overseas. You do still have to prove it, but not in the same way where everyone assumes you're just a, like a BS or whatever you want to call it um, before you get there, before you walk into the room. Everyone assumes that you shouldn't have certain accolades or you couldn't have done certain things. They, they don't really question you or second guess you as much it's uh it seems to be a persistent conversation between peers who are excited to talk to you just as much as you are to them um not that i experienced something you know drastically different here uh, a lot of developers i meet here are quite excited to meet um a lot of business guys here are or in gals as well are quite excited to meet and talk as much as you know we want to but i'll say getting to certain doors here are a bit harder and it could be a fraternity uh mechanism where you know 
certain people work with certain people and they just know these guys and outside of their circle, they're quite skeptical. That's grand. Uh, that's the case. That's, you know, that's just another factor of life. We, that's going to be international. That's going to be everywhere. But uh, it does seem like meeting strangers uh, who may look like me occasionally um, are quite open to hearing new ideas or hearing what we're doing with co-living or they get it in terms of like the innovation concept of what we're doing with co-living and co-working. That may be part of it, actually. That may be the most part of it. Their market's demanded, whereas America, we're quite, when, when we're conservative, we're in the Southeast, and our real estate is kind of where we put value a lot of times, which may be, uh, may be smart, maybe not. There's different thoughts on that as well. But uh, as, the, as we kind of value big yards, the picket link fence, houses and all, uh, other parts of the world that are already been living with roommates and, you know, sharing workspace and doing this co-living shared economy type of configuration of, you know, uh, for generations, uh, they're quite open for me coming with this concept to their markets. Uh, I think America is just catching up. And though we kind of try to pitch ourselves as being the most uh, advanced nation in the world, which in a lot of respects we are, the certain parts of the nation that are still in the 1970s, 2000s, what have you, or the 2000s, sorry, uh, what have you. And so maybe it's not a race thing. Maybe it's a openness to innovation thing or a rewording of a general idea they've already had type of I, item. Uh, but both. I remember listening recently to Jamel Hill's podcast, uh, Unbothered, and she had a conversation with Candace Parker. Uh, the WNBA player, Candace Parker. And she uh, was talking about during her first uh, few years in the league, she uh, got a, a pretty good contract to go and play, I believe, in Russia. And uh, when she went out there, she wasn't too sure, you know, her being a Black woman, how it would be uh, being in a place like Russia. And so she gets there, and she said it was one of the best experiences of her life because they, they treated her like royalty. I mean, the, the, they, they opened up the, the world to her uh, and treated her uh, really well. And even when she was in Asian markets, yeah, people were still getting used to her being Black and her hair being different, but it wasn't necessarily a, a put down. It was more of an interest. And so what she was saying, and what the reason why I'm bringing this up, is she said it, the, the main thing wasn't about race in, in her experience, because you can only base things off of a uh, person to person experience. It was about cultural differences. And uh, in the States, it's race. It's not it, it, the culture part is there, but it's just like, oh, race. And we're going to we're going to focus on race, 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 race. And but in, in international markets, it's it's the, this idea of culture and having these cultural differences. And then if somebody's open-minded or closed-minded will determine, will they get to know me on a different cultural um, playing field or, or am I going to have to conform to the way their culture does it? And then that becomes the make or break situation. Yeah, well, I can, I can rightly see that. Uh, to be honest, I never met a Russian that didn't seem like an American to me, but uh, hmm. it's, that's just my personal opinion, I guess. Uh, they, especially abroad, Russians and Americans have a lot of similarities in terms of, like, uh, well, this is a recorded line, may not say entitlement, but 
you, mm-hmm. both can be a bit entitled and uh you you know where they're from when you meet them um but also both are great great at bars and great at just hanging out and meeting their like fine people uh all around uh just we have a lot more similarities than we give us credit uh for both nations um for sure definitely so if if somebody is you know they're listening to this podcast they're excited about in, investing uh they're looking to place good seed and great soil is always a, a way that i i frame it mm-hmm. um why should someone invest with you, put their $100, or what What was the, I know we didn't talk about it, what's the maximum amount they can invest with you uh, as an unaccredited investor? Uh, let us know that. Go ahead. Well, there's not a maximum amount for unaccredited investors, actually. Uh, you can, if you had as much, you can invest your million dollars if you wish. Awesome. Uh, there's just a different rules for accredited investors, and they have their own certain process to prove that they are accredited. So I, I think if there is like a baseline for accredited versus unaccredited, I think it's like two hundred thousand um, dollars. But uh, yeah, if, as long as you fall within that, um, your investment doesn't quite matter. Uh, well, it doesn't not matter, but it doesn't quite matter the amount um, that you're giving. As long as it's a bit of above a hundred dollars, north of that, you're grand. You're with the fund. Um, to answer your first question, which is why they should invest with us or what's like the ultimate benefit is one, we're going to be going to these neighborhoods that we all kind of cherished or say somebody should do some of that house right there. Somebody should make that over. Or wouldn't it be nice to have our own grocery store in this area instead of a food desert or a blight of nothing like but Wendy's or something like that. Um, yeah. We're, we're going to these neighborhoods and actually developing these items that we say we need. Or when we say things like, wouldn't, wouldn't it be great to have an educational program or a place that we could have, bit more workshops and things we are building these dream hubs in these areas to allow for that uh workshop or allow for these classrooms or community space for people to actually gather and do something a bit more than basketball which nothing's wrong with sports and exercise but uh there is something wrong when the only thing that people will build on neighborhoods are like basketball courts that not everyone wants to do you know uh so you ended up doing what playing video games at home with in grand but uh yeah, so we're offering a bit of spaces like these. And the upside is, is there's a bit of trend um, with those as well. So uh, the co-working and co-living markets are on the upswing. And yeah. uh, 2018 alone, we've seen, well, I want to say, it was something around $200 million just go into this industry by alone, to the co-living industry alone, uh, which we're looking to see more of that in 2020. We're, we've definitely seen more in 2019 numbers aren't just out yet but we definitely look to see more of that in 2020 and a growing trend throughout the years because as we said before uh unfortunately wages are stagnant but uh our ambitions and our wants are not we all want to live in city centers and some of us are are moving to suburbs because we can't afford it but uh what we're offering now is a way to do this stay in the city center share a little bit of space but have that community like a neighborhood that uh, you can kind of rely on. This is going to be a trend, we think, going forward for the duration of the, our national experience as Americans or whatever you want to call it. I, uh, I think it's a perfect market to invest in because I, I see where this is headed. And I think that's how we ended up even bumping into each other online is because I, I see that this is a, a perfect solution 
uh, abroad and uh, domestically for us to uh, put our dollars behind something that is, like you said, very innovative. Um, now, you said, you mentioned earlier about as an, incre- an accredited investor, mm-hmm. uh, if you're a developer inclined, because I know there's going to be a huge chunk of people that may have that developer mindset. Uh, and you said reach out to, I believe, Ryan. Was that correct? Uh, so they can reach out to me or our head of development is Ryan Thomas. I'm not sure how I would do this, but I could uh, plug his email into uh, into something with you, I suppose. Um, so you can reach out to them and, I guess, hand it off. Uh, but Yeah, send me the email and I'll put it in the show notes, but keep going. I grant, yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, yeah. I guess reach out to one of us. We are we love to work with developers. At the moment, we're uh, working with developers across the southeast to help enable this uh, coexisting experience we call it um, for our spaces and develop these uh, co co living spaces, which are from fifty to one hundred units. You still there? Our motherboards. Oh, I'm sorry, our motherships and our. Uh, satellites which are a bit smaller they are service apartments they are townhomes they are apartment units they're just uh these middle markets um i guess dwellings or smaller dwellings that uh we can add our property management add a bit of tech to do our branding within and add to our platforms and this is where you can rent a uh a short stay apartment so any any of those two configurations large scale or smaller scale we're totally open for um currently we have a project in lafayette that's uh what is it about uh 83 million i believe um for that project maybe 86 uh so it's that's in partnership with the city um we're we're still working through a few things with that but uh it's coming through the pipeline we have similar projects of scope and scale uh that we're doing elsewhere and we love you know, larger investors and developers that are interested in doing similar projects like our Buchanan project to, uh, I guess, get with us and, you know, work with us to provide this. It's, it's funny you mentioned um, that because I recently have been in, in conversations with a couple of different cities um, about an idea that I don't want to, I don't want to put on the podcast yet, but with your familiarity of working with cities, uh, have you seen that they're able to have, um, allocated funds for for larger projects uh that would support this idea have you seen that uh and what are some of the hurdles working with this with some of these cities uh yeah. bureaucracy is definitely a hurdle to answer your second question first that's always a hurdle with any municipality but uh what we have seen um is yes they have money but it really depends mm-hmm. on who you are and who's representing you as you go to them uh, what your project is is a lot of scenarios have to play out. Who's the mayor? Who's the who's on the land trust? Who's on whatever board there is to make the decision about getting you know a dime or getting a signature? So that's also so, where bureaucracy pops up because uh, they can send you down there too. It, it all be becomes about relationships. Uh, but, uh, right. right, yeah. At the end of the day, it all becomes about relationships. So having a clean face is um a good decision um not stepping on too many toes or uh doing dirty deals in your past that's quite helpful um so yeah but we haven't seen we've been uh 
fairly fortunate to deal with Lafayette, which is uh, not a huge city, but um, a tight city. Everyone pretty much knows each other. So you talk to two or three people, they introduce you to everyone else you need to know. Um, and that's kind of our stratagem at the moment is looking at these second tier, first first tier, of course, but second tier cities as well and making sure they have a bit of service. Um, yeah, I think, I think in the well. future, because I, I am going to be investing in several of your deals. I've been sipping on my sip and share wines all week, the abundance bottle. I just finished the bottle. It's been a wonderful experience. And so now I get to go towards the second bottle. And so for next week, I will be previewing the sip and share wine second bottle that was sent to me and telling you all about it. Until then, head over to Sip and Share Wines, join the wine club, and join me on this experience of Black-owned wine, vegan wine. What are you waiting for? Now, back to the show. Uh, moving forward, and I definitely want to make sure that, that we stay connected because um, really, you and I should be working together even indirectly for the next 30 or 40 years uh, because we have a shared vision uh, of the future. And I'm seeing some of these, uh, these cities, they have allocated funds and they don't know what to do with them in, in many respects. And so I feel like if there's a plan in place, if there's a system in place, uh, and like you said, a clean face in place, uh, then we can really uh, make some moves. So I look forward to over time, you know, building that rapport with you and having those conversations. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. We, um, our line's always open if you want to call or have a bit of a chat as well. I will point out as well. I didn't mention, um, Jerry Mugahi, uh, and, uh, Epic development who are some of our partners on the fund directly. They are, well, Jerry himself is a wizard at opportunity zone financing and, uh, a lot of our projects are actually focused on the opportunity zone uh, market, which allows us to forego uh, capital yeah. gain taxes uh, for at least 10 years. Um, and that's been like, well, that's been a lot of weight off of us and uh, actually helped us enter a, a way more doors than we thought we'd be able to uh, with what is our third year of operating. Um, it's kind of, it's helped us a lot uh, getting us in front of people. Uh, so I, I Definitely want to mention him and mention if people have projects they're interested in in opportunity zones. We that, that's the plan. The, the plan is as, as I'm bumping into people uh, and those opportunity zones happen. I do want to reach out to you, connect you with people, and, and maybe you're doing the deal, or maybe you know someone uh, that may be better suited for a particular city. The goal is to build that network with each other, and I have heard of Ep uh, Epic uh, Development. Uh, I didn't know Jerry by name, but I have heard of them. I think they've followed us or at least uh, commented on some of our things on, on Instagram. Uh, but about those opportunity zones, is it true that in 2019, it, it, is this the cutoff year where if you don't do it by the end of this year, there are no uh, opportunities to roll over those capital gains? Or is that a myth or, or are you not sure? Uh, it's uh little bit of a, I wouldn't say a misnomer, that's not the right word for it, but uh, it's, it's a little deceptive there, isn't it? 
because it's not totally ending um the end of this year. It's gotcha. just not the full benefit anymore. Um, like in the the full number is is taking me at the moment. Apologies, but uh, this end of this year is a hundred percent that you know capital gains will be paying back, but next year is slightly less than a hundred percent. I kind of think I believe it dwindles down more and more as you get closer to the ten year. That, that makes uh, sense. Piece. That makes sense. So but, uh, every year or every every uh, uh, I guess every allocated time it may not be every year but every allocated time then that's when it goes down from 100 to this just an example everybody 75 down to 60 and it just goes down until it gets to that to that last year and then at that point the opportunity zone opportunity is is no longer available right yes yes that's that's as far as i understand it um like i said jerry's our fund manager there uh that helps with that quite a bit in I'm learning from him just as much uh, as I can. I understand some of the traditional uh, real estate investments lines, but he's that wizard in terms of him and Ryan as well. I'll have, have to throw him under the bus too. Uh, they're the wizards in terms of this uh, opportunity zone. Um, I look forward to talking talking to both. Uh, I'm excited about the work that you guys are doing. I see the vision. I am investing in your projects. I'm going to be paying close attention to all the different markets you get into. I have some other ideas, some, some other markets, but I also want to make sure that we actually don't just have an idea, but we have something concrete that we can bring to you. Um, I'm excited about uh, where, where this is going. Uh, So for anyone listening who wants to reach out and work with you one last time, what is the best way to reach out to you and work with your company and invest with you? So everything for our handles would be staydreamhouse.com. Uh, that's if you want to reach me personally, John at staydreamhouse.com. Uh, any of our social medias are going to be staydreamhouse.com. Just dreamhouse co-living. In terms of our investment schemes or investment strategies, sorry, <laughs> too much time in the UK. Schemes is probably really bad. Uh, our investment strategies. Uh, Dream dreamventureco.com is uh, where you'll be able to I guess, see our platform for that. And then you'll see a link for Buy the Block, which will take you to another page where you can see the full layout of the whole offering, what we're doing with this uh, venture fund, which is focused on the opportunity zone market. Um, yeah, that's I guess those are the two main ways. Now, I saw something on Instagram, right and I want to make sure we end this show right. So it was um, it was no courses, no gimmicks. Uh, I believe the next where I may mess it up a little bit. I apologize, but uh, just investing and in getting equity is that is that am I saying it right or am I saying it wrong? Uh, okay. So I did not tweet that or not tweet, but I did not post that social media post. Some of our other but you don't you don't offer any courses that. or anything um, like that. It's hey, let's invest with each other. Let's not play any games and let's get equity. Ah, yes, that's that's uh that's uh perfectly right. Um, we don't offer courses at the moment. Um, maybe some room for that in the future, I guess, but definitely not now. Right now, it's more of action based because we have until the end of the year to kind of make a move on some of these opportunity zone uh, benefits for the fund itself. Um, 
So we're kind of running there and we're working with a few interested investors that know what projects they want to do. We're just trying to get them in place to actually and, do them. Uh, so yeah, to, yeah, to me, that's what I'm moving. all about. <laughs> like, you know, this, I mean, obviously we're on black equity and so equity, Hey, let's just, you know, let me find great people. Um, let's put the money behind them and let's get the equity involved. Um, so let's say I come in with a thousand dollars on one project. Am I investing project to project or am I investing in the fund and then that fund is investing in different projects? How does that work? So you're investing uh, into the fund and the fund is investing okay. directly into different projects. So uh, if you invest $1,000 and the fund investors is able to invest like in a hundred, let's say projects, I'm not sure, uh, you have a thousand points of that fund. So whatever the fund makes off these projects, you get the thousand shares of a thousand points or whatever actually comes out to dollar wise. Um, and, back. and can I keep, uh, l- let's say someone out there is trying to put a hundred dollars in every two weeks. Can I keep putting a hundred dollars in or is it just a one-time situation? Um, awesome. Oh, yeah, you can put it in as often as you want. Um, and yeah, I would say the, I guess the more, I guess you put in the more say because eventually what we're hoping to do is set together a board made up of uh, different members of our community in terms of the fund itself um, to help vote on what projects we want to do in the future uh, and help lead some of the decision-making process we have with the fund itself. That's still kind of preliminary just now. We've got to make sure that uh, – I guess legally SEC rules and everything like that, we can right. still kind of like comply with as we're doing this. But that would be our effort is to get a say so from the community that just as strong as uh, the fund manager itself um, and make sure that, you know, we're upheld to the standard that the fund itself would fill as, uh, I guess, what yes. we want to be associated with with our dollars. And if you're ever looking for a board member, I have my hand raised. I know you can't see me right now, but I have my hand raised because I want to be a part of, uh, you know, making those uh, decisions uh, collectively and being futuristic in, in the way we think, especially when we're, we're heading into international markets. Uh, those are the types of conversations and those are the types of rooms that I want to be in. And I know many of the people listening are going to want to be a part of uh, things like this. Uh, one last question before we go. If somebody wanted to work with you and learn um, how to start their own fund and, uh, you know, maybe work as a uh, in a joint venture, uh, is that an opportunity in the future that you could uh, foresee? I know things are busy right now getting things for the end of the year. But as far as someone starting their own fund and learning how to do this in other markets that maybe you don't have the connections in, uh, is there an opportunity to do that? Uh, we said it before. No classes, no yeah, gimmicks. No, no, <laughs> no, I'm, of course, I'm joking. Uh, yeah, there's there's a there's a market for that for sure. There's a there's some interest there. As we're looking at these international markets, we, we, what we are doing is basically compiling what we call the dream company book, a handbook that kind of dictates um how you run a space to our standards, how you do service to our standards, and how you treat, I guess, your yeah. own staff members to our certain standards. And that would also include ideas around investment and how we run our fund uh, would be included in this as well in certain chapters. Uh, as the further we get al- along, the more we want to, we look to onboard 
international and stateside uh, different developers and different managers to run these new spaces to one cut down on our staffing needs, uh, but to two uh, allow our spaces to be quite authentic to the communities they will be placed inside. This works well for our fund as well because there's so much time. I'm an archaeologist. Sorry, I'm an anthropologist by trade, nice. archaeologist by career. But uh, so for me, culture is quite culture of spaces is quite important, and I see the value of. I understand when we go into a space, how hard it is to actually know that space. You know, within a year, you don't. I can't learn Atlanta just being here for a few months. I I have to live here for, you know, year or top of year. I have to like exist there for a while before I actually know or get this culture of space. The benefit of allowing local leaders to lead our funds and allowing local leaders to lead our spaces, uh, kind of like McDonaldization in a way, is uh, we call it our 70-30 split. Um, 70% authentic to the areas they're in, but 30% dream house at the end of the day. Uh, that's what we're looking Love to do it. with our funds Love and everything it. else. Love it. Company. And so, uh, you know, our doors are always open uh, to continue uh, this conversation. So in the future, if you have any projects that are green lit and you just want to hop on, and even if it's a 15 minute, 20 minute conversation to talk about the project, talk about the area, uh, just know that you have a home here to have that conversation. Cause I want everybody who's listening to, uh, have that opportunity to know, okay, this exists. I want to put my money behind this fund and I want to be a part of this. Cause I think a lot of times uh, people don't do things because they're just not exposed to it. They're not aware of it. And so one of the things that we're trying to do here is say, Hey, here's a great investment opportunity. Of course, do your own due diligence and figure out for yourself if it's a great fit for you, but at least you'll know about it. And at least you'll have the opportunity in front of you. So you can't say you didn't know. Exactly. Uh, I will say, be careful because I will be on the show all the time, just no, racking my head. I, I can see us having but, uh, a quick five-minute conversation to throw on the beginning or end of a of an episode, and uh, just you know, letting everybody know here's an opportunity. Uh, it doesn't even have to be a full you know thirty minutes to an hour. It could be a quick five ten minute conversation at the end of an episode, presenting an offer, so people are at least aware within the community. Here's an opportunity. Go invest. So that the door is open for that. Grand, yeah, yeah. We would love to be on as often as we could for that because we have them coming, and uh, we really want the community to be behind us. Because I don't want to, I don't want to be people look back and say, "Oh, this guy was a displacer." I want, I want people to say he improved the world he was a part of, or this community is is quite better because of him. And Grandma was able to stay at her home. That's really important. Uh, so yeah, we'd love to. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, John, for coming on Black Equity. Thank you for having this vision of Dreamhouse. Thank you for being the person that you are, and we look forward to talking to you again in the future. Uh, oh, and everyone else is listening. Definitely, definitely. I get it. Everybody in the culture is talking about real estate and everybody has different ways of doing it. 
And I'm not saying this is the only way to invest in real estate. I'm not saying this is the only way to think about real estate, but I am saying this is an innovative way to invest in real estate. And so if this is something that you're interested in, I want you to go to our show notes. I want you to head over uh, to their website and I want you to start uh, making those investments if it's the right fit for you. It's all up to what you have going on in your portfolio and what you have going on with your vision and and the things that you're trying to accomplish. This is uh, one of the fastest growing series of episodes that we've ever had. And so the interest in this is super high. So act now, go out and do what you need to do for your portfolio and continue listening to the Black Equity Podcast because we're just really getting started. You know, with so many different people contacting us and wanting to work with us and partner with us, it's creating these opportunities for these great conversations. So head over to our Instagram at Black Equity Network and uh, make sure that you sign up to be a Black Equity Insider. You'll start receiving those uh, weekly emails from us. And then make sure you're tuning in next week because we have a whole lineup of episodes ready to go uh, for you to listen to for your listening pleasure. If you have any questions, make sure you send me a message on Instagram. You can find me uh, at Black Equity Network. You can find me at DJM Wisdom. I'm also on Twitter at DJM Wisdom. And now is the time to start making connections because I believe it should be roots before fruits, my friends. Before the fruits come, let's make sure that we've had some type of established connection and relationship. Don't show up when the fruits are here and say, you know, I'm ready to work. The, the work is during the roots time. OK, let's get the roots right first. So thank you for everyone that's been uh, plugged in and listening and making this one of the fastest growing podcasts. Uh, within our culture. Thank you all. And as always, thank you for listening to Black Equity Podcast. I'll talk to you soon.